Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to another episode of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin, and I will be your host, as always. And we have a treat for you, and I say we because I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Widmer. What's up, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, what's up, my man? So, it's good to have you. I'm excited about this podcast because we have a lot to talk about. And we're going to go back to our roots here in Behind the Pen because if you've been following since the start, I made it very clear that I am a Cubs Bears, well, mm-hmm. Chicago guy. I'm going to mention the White Sox, too, because I love baseball. But So we're going to talk about all four of those topics we're, today. We're both Chicago guys, except right. in football, I like the superior team in the North. Well, he's talking about the Vikings, and I just Skull don't, Vikes, I don't understand how someone could suggest that the Vikings are superior with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. That's just me. Superior franchise, man. Skull Vikes. I don't think so. Anyway, we're going to <laughs> introduce our Patreon page because that's very important to us. Mm-hmm. We value your time. We value your opinions. And that's why we want to bring you more and do more for you. If you become a Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash podcast. Donate as much as you want, and we will serve you more so than we already do now because that's our job. Also, follow us on Twitter and everything else. It'll be in the description below. All right, Ricky. So what do you want to talk first? Cubs? Cool, because we're going to talk Cubs first. Works for me. Yeah, you know what? It's July 21st. The Cubs have the best record in baseball. Again, you know, it was kind of a bit scary there for a little bit going into the second half, uh, entering the All-Star break. But it looks like all wheels are turning in the right motion right now. Well, it looks like we're back to the kind of... We're not as hot as we were when we started the season, but it looks like... When we started, like, we were still in a groove, but we weren't quite as bad as we were right before the All-Star break. I'm not nervous anymore, if that makes sense. Oh, good, because, you know, at one point you were ready to uh, blow it up and start over, huh? I wasn't there, (laughs) but I wasn't far. Yeah, and you know what gives me hope is that the Cubs are run by competent GMs and this organization from top to bottom. Well, and somebody who knows how to break curses, man. Oh, don't even mention the superstition. Come on, man. I know you're superstitious. I can't. I just can't do the whole curse thing anymore. The curse. It, it, I've lived it too long to say that it doesn't well, exist. Well, you know, you had the black I've cat wit- in '69. I have witnessed the collapse that usually do not happen. Bartman, the goat, forty-five. No, 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 no not Bartman. I'm talking about fucking Gonzalez. That's the first answer. Yeah, well, we're I not. Wanna, we're, oh. we're not gonna dive back into there's what, no 13 ca- years there's ago? There's no couch here. I'm not going to lay on it. You're not my therapist. Let's just move on. <laughs> you know what? Oh. We I love talking about 03 as much as I hate that experience, but I love talking about it because I'm so passionate about it. But we're going to focus in the now because that's what's important. So I've got to do. Make me happy. Well, let's, the Cubs are going to win the World thoughts. Series, and that's it. That's all That's all it is. We can end this conversation now, right? Yeah, we just end the podcast right now. Well, home. As, the, <laughs> as the Cubs are moving forward, they made a move to upgrade their bullpen because mm-hmm. as we look at this roster and how it's constructed, the obvious need was in relief, and specifically from the left side. They managed to trade Dan Vogelbach, a person who was touted as a guy who will come up, and he's a top prospect. He's built as a hitter, big lefty, 
projects to be a DH. Mm-hmm. Just as he just he just didn't have a future here in the Chicago because Anthony Rizzo plays 160 games a yeah, year. He was kind of getting cock blocked. So what the Cubs got in return was a cost controlled lefty reliever in Mike Montgomery, who was kind of a starter, but I see him more as a reliever, especially now. He's 27 years old, controlled until I believe 2021, and Ricky, I want to hear your thoughts on this move. Well, and the first thing I thought of when I saw the deal was, okay, cool, we got what we wanted. But when I saw Vogelbach's name, I immediately thought to myself, well, shit, that means we're not getting Andrew Miller or Aroldis Chapman. And the reason why I say that is Vogelbach was a key piece, or he was when talks were going on. He was a key piece in that Yankee deal because the thing that I saw between the the Cubs and the Yankees in their conversations was I never thought the Yankees would give us Miller or Chapman without getting a young player like a Vogelbach who, like you said, kind of fits into that DH. They can either play him at first base because they have an aging Teixeira as their main guy who's injured half the time, or they could put him at the DH, whatever they choose. Now that Vogelbach is gone and he's now with the Seattle Mariners, I don't think we will go. I don't think the Cubs go out and trade for a Miller or a Chapman because we don't have Vogelbach and we got Mike Mike, Mike Montgomery. However, Montgomery does bring in a guy who is a lefty who's also good against lefties, and that's what the Cubs needed. They either needed a left-handed pitcher or just somebody who could get lefties out. Sure. Let me just bounce back, uh, bounce off that opinion real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh I just want to say this. The idea that the Cubs aren't going to trade for either Miller or Chapman because they got Montgomery, that's, you know, that opportunity's still on the table. I think they go different now. No, I, I'm, I yeah. think they're going more for no. a Josh Riddick now. Oh, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to just reiterate is that just because they got a lefty reliever doesn't mean they're out of the market in the chip. Yeah, but listen, I, listen, I just listen, think listen, it's harder. It's harder. It's harder. The thing is, you mentioned Vogelbach was a piece in that potential deal. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't. The main piece. The main piece was Kyle Schwarber. They were asking for Kyle oh, Schwarber. Oh, well, they're not getting and that's Kyle not gonna happen. They're not getting the Schwarber, No, it's not going to happen. So is the possibility of the Cubs, you know, reeling in a guy like Chapman or Miller? Yeah, it's there. But I don't think it's going to happen, and I agree with you in that sense. With Vogelbach, I think it's the right move, especially because of the value you get in return in Montgomery. They also got a triple-A mm-hmm. pitcher, and the Cubs also traded a double-A pitcher. But the, the most important part of the deal was Vogelbach going to an AL team who projects to be an American League hitter, and the Cubs get... A lefty who, as you you said, gets lefties out, but I'm really encouraged by his development in the big leagues, especially this year. He's got a 2-5 ERA, maybe sub-2-5 ERA right now, Mm -hmm. and... He's not as a guy who's a lefty. He's not giving up as many hits as he is pitching. Well, that's that's a successful reliever well, right there. And I'm looking at the split right now, lefty versus righty for Mike Montgomery. And has he seen a lot more righties? Of course, because they're all over baseball. But when I look at him against lefties, at per se against righties, he's striking out righties more. But lefties just aren't get. They're not getting a good average. And they're not getting on base as much as 
the righties, where lefties are batting only a buck sixty-four. That's good against Montgomery. And I know average is that kind of weird stat where it's like you can't just take the average. I mean, the OP are the OBS, no OBP. What I'm looking for is two sixty-nine compared to three hundred six. That's mean he's, he's, get, he's getting guys out and he's not yeah. walking as many. Well, I can't say he's not I walking almost, as many because I was almost going to read off the OPS, but I was looking for the on problem. Base. The problem though is that he he. Becomes a little erratic. His his mm-hmm. walk numbers are a little bit high for a reliever who you know comes in for an inning or two. But I'm I'm excited about this move. Theo Epstein had a lot of good things to say about Montgomery. He said as that he's coming as, into his own. As long as he can come in, contribute now, and the best thing is we have control over this guy. Right, and that's the biggest value you get in return mm-hmm. for Volbach because, like we said, he's not going to be a free agent until after 2020 or whatever it was. So. I'm excited about this move. That was a big upgrade in the bullpen. Now the corresponding move might relate to Clayton Richard. He might be he might be gone. That might be it for him. So are the Cubs done making moves here? No, this no. is this is just the beginning, fellas. Well, it's not the end until August first. That's the way I see it. Well, it's because the Cubs always play well in the markets around this time. You see. Theo Epstein working Theo his Epstein magic. plays great in the well, market around this Chad time. Chad Hoyer some credit, too, because they work True. a dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. They, do, they do a pretty good job <laughs> coming in 2011 until now. They're, they're building something for sustained success. And that's why, going back to the Schwarber thing, I don't want him to go anywhere. No. So No, I think they can convert think him into an outfielder. are very quick mm-hmm. into assuming that, oh, well, you, you want to win now, get— Get the pieces for him mm-hmm. to win now. Look, right now what the Cubs have going for them is a solid core of players that they can they can build around, and that's obvious. But the thing is, you're going to have to get rid of assets at this point of the deadline. You saw it with Vogelbach. Now, is he a big-time loss? Not really, because the Cubs got Rizzo. Now we're going to look at guys like Gleyber Torres. I think Eloy Jimenez is going to stay. If he gets traded, I'm going to be upset. But Billy McKinney's on the table. Mm-hmm. Many, many pieces that the Cubs can afford to move. And you brought up Josh Reddick, and I personally am hoping that the Cubs find a way to make a deal with the Oakland Athletics. You know, he and uh, FC and Billy Bean have this nice relationship going back to uh, Samarja Hamill trade mm-hmm. that brought in Addison Russell. I'm excited to see if the Cubs can land a Reddick, and on top of that, Bring in some young prospects like they did with Russell? Possibly, but at the same time, it's like, well, you need more bullpen help, Mm -hmm. so why don't you throw in a Ryan Madsen? So Ryan Madsen and Josh Reddick coming in, that's killing two birds in one move. No, I to me, I think with the Cubs, going back to kind of pull back what we talked about a few minutes ago with this, I think Josh Reddick is the guy that the Cubs— kind of turn their attention to, I know earlier you said like, oh, we could still get Miller, we could still get Chapman without a Vogelbach, but how I see everything playing out is the Cubs are going to say, okay, well, we got our bullpen help, we can maybe get some more bullpen help in a trade with Oakland while getting a Josh Reddick coming along, and I see Chapman and or Miller, probably a one, not both, they're going to Texas. Texas is going to make a move with the young stars that they have to try to get Miller or Chapman. It's going to be... And that's why I don't think neither of them are going to come to the Cubs. An interesting week and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Because this is the time right now where things get going, things get moving, pieces are being moved, the White Sox are in, in conversations of going into a complete rebuild. We're going to preview that in a little bit, but staying on this Cubs conversation, mm-hmm. I want to I wanna give some credit to the starting rotation. Because if you look back and look 
what was their their incredible start? What was it? Twenty three and six, something insane like that. Their starting rotation was consistent. They were dominant. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, as Jim Rome would say. Oh boy. <laughs> they were hey, simple as that. They were fantastic. Now coming out of the break, they looked like they were getting that confidence back where mm-hmm. they were just consistently putting away top teams like Texas, one of the best hitting teams in baseball, and the New York Mets. They won two out of three against Bold Series at home, so that's that's encouraging. I want to talk about Kyle Hendricks a little bit. Because what Kyle Hendricks is turning into is a freaking stud. This man is so fun to watch as as he's manipulating the strike zone, working in and out of the uh, both corners of the plate. Hitters can't adjust to this guy. He's not overpowering you with this fastball, but he's got so much movement, and the thing with his movement is he has the utmost control, and hitters are just confused up there, quite frankly. You look at his changeup and his disappearing changeup, his two-seam fastball that that just can work both ends of the play. Uh, I just Right now, Kyle Hendricks is everything we've asked for and more. So looking at the starting rotation, would they, Ricky, try and add another starter? Because do you, do you have – the question is then, if they do go for another starter, is do you have faith in either Hamill, Lackey, or Hendricks to be the guys in the playoffs? I kind of uh, – this is – to me, I would say no. And the reason being is the best, first off, the best thing about Kyle Hendricks that I love is he's only given up one run the entire month of July, and it's not an earned run. He has not given up an earned run since June 29th in the 9-2 victory in Cincinnati, and he gave up the only two runs via a two-run homer, I believe. So he's only given up one run since July He's three and one. No, actually three and zero. Oh. He didn't get the decision in the one loss of the games he pitched here in July. I I kind of feel like you don't go for a starter, and the reason being, when we get to playoff time, I think what the Cubs could do. Will Joe Madden do it? Probably not because he doesn't talk to me and get my opinion at all. Is Probably a good thing. I think you could go and say, and it's going to be diff- different this year because we're not a wild card team. Last year, the wild card kind of threw a weird wrench at us. You had to have Arietta pitch that wild card game, and then you start the season. Okay, if we go on a three man rotation, because Arietta pitched the wild card game, it's Lester, right, Hamill, Hendricks. This year, because we most likely aren't going to have that wild card game, it'll be Arietta, Lester, and Hendricks. And then that fourth and fifth Blackie. game, I'm not even talking about that. Based on what could happen is I think that maybe it depends. If we're up 2-1 going into that fourth game, maybe a Hamels. If we're down 2-1. Hamill. Cole uh, Hamels. Hamill. Is, Hamels is a different yeah. player. <laughs> you could have Hamill there. You Kill could have me. Arietta pitch mm-hmm. that game for, depending on, let's say, we're down 2-1 no, going into that game. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that's and a good you point. And ha- then you can have Hamill and Lackey help out in the bullpen. That's the thing. Uh, you rely on... Your Ariettas, your mm-hmm. Lesters, and I'm going to throw in John Lackey as your three because that's why they got him. Yeah, that's no. why they got him. And but he's proven, but if, but if that Kyle, he's successful in the if playoffs. If Kyle Hendricks continues to sure, because this is kind of like a if Arietta had a tear last year. Well, Kyle it, Hendricks is, right now. This is a Kyle Hendricks Arietta. It's similar tear. in the sense that with Ar- with Arietta, you this felt is, like you could win every single time he pitched. This pitch. is phenomenal for Kyle. And Hendricks. right now, That's Kyle Hendricks. Every saying. time they're out there, it seems like they're winning the ball mm-hmm. game. So I agree with you. I think right now you ride Hendricks as much as you yeah. can, but 
We'll see but how if he cools off. Lackey's your well, third. and then you can manipulate the rotation a mm-hmm. little bit. We'll see what happens there. But overall, right now the Cubs are sitting pretty. Still the best team in baseball, in my opinion. They're going to have to worry about the Giants and the Nationals later. And it looks like as we're recording this podcast on Thursday, tomorrow, which is Friday, we could be getting our leadoff guy back. Yes. Dexter Fowler is going to be a huge boost to this lineup. That is going to be that's Absolutely. the key. That's the key to this offense. All right, so to wrap up this Cubs conversation, mm-hmm. you say, hypothetically, mm-hmm. they do trade for Josh Reddick, which I am in favor for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have Reddick in left, Fowler in center. Hayward and right. That's pretty damn good. And then you have a bullpen that's with um, Mike Montgomery and Hector Rondon, who has been kind of shaky. And any piece we can try to steal away from the A's in a Reddick deal. Sure. Maybe. So hopefully if that's Ryan Madsen mm-hmm. or Sean Doolittle. Mm-hmm. May, more so Madsen, but mm-hmm. we'll see about that. I'm really excited about what the Cubs are going to do moving forward. I have the utmost faith that they're going to win this division. I don't think that was in question, even going back to April. Well, and the and the interesting thing will be if we get a Reddick with the lineup you said with Reddick and left Hayward and right that moves Fowler Baez to a utility in center, position. Well, it moves Baez to a utility, but the one thing I kind of think of is Chris Bryant. It makes him a third. It yeah. makes him the third He's baseman. Be third. He's Absolutely. not going to do this thing where because you know Chris, he likes to play third a little bit. But he likes to play left field even more. He likes playing the outfield. You can do it all, man. So I feel like with that, and then you've got Contreras that you can fit in there. So it's it's one of those things where it's a good problem to have for the Cubs, where it's yeah. like, hey, you know what? We have too many people. Yeah. So, so to put a bow on this, I'm really interested to see how they maneuver around this roster and their 40-man, and, and especially their 25-man. I want to mm-hmm. see if Elmore sticks around. I don't know if Chris Coughlin's going to be around. I would like if Elmora stuck around. I, me too. I really like I, that kid. I, I like him a lot. So overall, I'm really excited about the Cubs, obviously. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to be right in the middle. And they're going to win the World Series this year. And it's as simple as that. So I'm not quite confident enough <laughs> Stop, to say it. Come I'm, on. Not, I'm not confident to say it because right. my life has been... One big curse. Well, don't worry another. about that. This is now. This is 2016. The UFC's running the show, and everything's all good and dandy, right? Okay. I cool. am nervously optimistic. That's how I will quote myself on that one. Yeah. Moving on uh. now to the Chicago White Sox, <laughs> and this is a as as two Cubs fans here. Look, we're going to be as objective as possible as we look at this White Sox. Team. I don't hate the White Sox. I, I don't just, either. I just hate them for about a four game span. Starting Monday. Starting Monday. And I will be there Tuesday Very with cool. Dave and Brandon. Now, the Crosstown Classic starting up, and whether you think that it's lame that it's only four games or oh, no. six. The Cubs need to win it. They need to win need. it. Because if we lose it, it's one of those things where, yes, we know we're better than you, but I can't deal with Sox fans oh, having anything Who's going to be sitting there box. laughing at the end when the Cubs uh, are in the playoffs and the Sox are trying to figure out what the hell they're doing? Still, still. Look, you, you give a White Sox fan surface, any kind of ammo I, and he will I use know, it. I know, I know. but on the, she will use Okay, well, maybe those who are listening aren't around the White Sox fans like we are. But I'm saying, what it is on the surface is just an interleague matchup. And as, as important as that is, it's I not, would, really. I wish it would go back to two, three-game series. Oh, I, I'd like that too. But I hey. liked it better when it was you played three in, like, what was it, May or June? Yeah, uh, and then it's like later in the season. May, yeah, And then, like, late June, July, because it gave that kind of, like, Okay, you played three. Look, then it gave the fan base some fun. time to it's, trash talk. It, look, it's fun. The cross town, it's fun. They had the cross town cup and everything, mm-hmm. whatever. But that's not the conversation we're trying to have here. We're talking about the future of the Chicago White Sox, mm-hmm. which we often bring up because 
what what are they doing? Like, are they going to be I, I don't buyers know. or sellers? Yeah, we did that last week. Yeah. You guys should check it out. It's pretty fun. <laughs> but uh, Brandon made up a, a, a good point last week. Brandon Swanson right mm-hmm. here on MVP. B-Dog. He's, he said that if the Sox are failing mm-hmm. around the deadline, they're going to have to do something where they sell. Mm-hmm. But in reality, are they going to? Because... What has this franchise done over the course of the last six or seven years? Oh, that guy was good in the 90s. Let's trade for him. Well, <laughs> now if they make a move like grabbing a Carlos Beltran, oh, then you're kidding I, yourself. I, I totally ex- I expect them to make that move because that's the move they've made my entire life. So let's let's catch all y'all up if you haven't heard. Well, apparently there, there's multiple reports that I guess the White Sox had a King's Ransom offer for Chris Sale. And I bring up this because... Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, these guys have tremendous mm-hmm. value. And if you're going to commit to rebuilding, then those are the pieces you need to move to get you know whatever in return. But I guess the White Sox flat out said no to the King's Ransom thing for Chris Sale. And I, I understand that he's your cornerstone. But it's just, what is the direction of the Chicago White Sox? Here are some, here are some names that might be on the move. Or they could move to get better in the long term. Maybe not this year because they're not going to do anything this year. You want to move a guy like Avi. As, as difficult as that may be, you got to do it because he's not showing you anything. Melky Cabrera, he's one of your best hitters. He's been your best hitter as uh, throughout the la- his tenure with the White Sox. I know his first two months when he first signed was dreadful, but now you can see he's the most consistent guy. Todd Frazier, you're going to move him. You committed to this guy. You traded for him. You're going to move him. Robertson, Duke, all these guys are in play. Now, I bring this up because... It's a very interesting time for the Chicago White Sox. Do they want to rebuild or do they want to just stay in the mediocre set of all the you know American League teams right mm-hmm. now? Ricky, I want to get your opinion and then I'll jump back in. I kind of think that the right move for the White Sox would be to sell. And the reason why I'm sitting here saying that is it's one of those things where, and when I talk to friends of mine, who are Sox fans, because I have a lot of them being here on the south side. I'm like a Cub fan surrounded by black and white caps. A lot of them, when they when the Sox were doing well earlier in the season, it was different than how Cubs felt. Cub fans were like, great, this is awesome, we're excited. Sox fans were always like, let's wait for the sky to fall, basically. Because we're not going to keep this up the whole season. Then they lose to Texas, and it's like, ah, this is the team that we expected to see this season. I say you sell. And does that mean trading Chris Sale? Probably not. But I, if there is a blockbuster deal and you feel like you are getting enough young talent, I wouldn't rule out a Chris Sale trade. You I know, wouldn't rule it out. We've had this conversation oh, many be, times. He could, and especially the Dodgers, since recently they Kershaw shut Kershaw down. They shut him down. We don't know how long he's going to be out. That may, they, like, if I'm the White Sox, then. I, jump all over it? I'm not jump. Okay. It's a fine line to walk because <laughs> am is. I saying just go out and trade sale? No. But if I'm the White Sox, if I could use this to, well, look, hey, you just lost uh, Clayton Kershaw, yeah, yeah, what do you want to give White us? Sox, and then they up their offer and for young talent. I may take it. They're always entertaining. They try, this is what they say. To work it. This I is what they say. Work it. You're crazy, Ricky. <laughs> the White Sox every single season are saying, yeah, we're going to entertain all possible uh, moves. But, and then they go out and trade for like a Ken Griffey. But they're, and they're always Ramirez. trying to go for it, and you see the result. They're in the land of mediocrity mm-hmm. for the last few seasons. And are fans sick of it? Because I would be. Look, 
when they back, let's go back two years when they, in the off season when they went and re, and signed Adam LaRoche, they mm-hmm. got a Melky Cabrera. Uh, they they even uh, extended Adam Eaton, and they went and then fast forward they traded for Frazier. They got a Brett Laurie. They signed Zach Duke a couple years ago. Signed David Robertson to fix the bullpen. They believed that they had a three year window to win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Now we are in a year and a half. Just past a year and a half, and 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 I just don't see the light. And I bring this up because it's it's hard. Do they want to just totally scrap that idea and be like, look, we're realistic about where we are as a ball club, mm-hmm. and we have to move forward now, or else we're just going to suck for another two seasons? It's hard for the Chicago White Sox to just blow it up because they are ranked in the bottom ten. In attendance every single season, and that's a shame, and especially in a Chicago baseball town where you know fans are very passionate, very critical, well, and critical. Well, You're it's right. like one of the things where I'm going to take an example of um, when I was listening to the sports talk radio I listened to today, the herd. He was talking about Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going to take this and deal it to this. In a town, a college town, you may get it to where you get the pom pom waving and woo, our team is good. But if you're in New York, you're in Chicago, you're in L.A., you're in these bigger markets, the media is going to be more critical of you. It's not going to be like, woo, go right. Sox, woo, let's do this. Look, there was a lot of optimism going into this uh, this season after the offseason that they had. They made mm-hmm. some savvy moves. But, look, I'm going to say this, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy for me to say this now, but mm-hmm. I was an advocate. I was huge. I was so adamant about the White Sox signing Ian Desmond. And I wanted them to sign Ian Desmond. I wanted them to sign Austin Jackson and not necessarily make a trade for a Todd Frazier because, in hindsight, it's easy for me to say that Trace Thompson, look at him. Look at what he's doing. Now, we can go back and have a conversation about that for for ages. Overall, the Frazier move, yeah, mm-hmm. it costs just some farm system pieces, MLB-ready talent, but at the same time, this season, he's probably responsible for seven of their wins. So you're getting value in him. And obviously, he's, he's, he's the guy, man. You know, all the... Media outlets are looking at Frazier. He's he's a, he's a big time player in the market, and do they want to re-sign him? Who knows? But if they move a Frazier, it's just going to make me scratch my head. And Frazier's it, not the guy you move. He's not the guy I'm looking at. I'm looking at one though. There's one guy that, and I don't know how White Sox fans are going to accept this, but I'm just going to throw the name out there. Is it Quintana? No. Oh, Robertson. Jose Abreu. Yeah, well, that's the you thing. Tra- here's, he's here's, in there, yeah. Here's my thought Cost process. Cost-controlled contract. Here's my thought process. He's a bat. He's a power guy. He's been bad, though. But you could trade him for some youth, get him, find a, bu- find a buyer who can give you some youth, kind of do the same thing Theo's been trying to do, get some youth into the system, because that's how you win in baseball. Baseball isn't, it's either you win two ways. You go out there and spend the most money how... George Steinbrenner used to do, or you build your farm system. You make smart, savvy moves. That's the two ways. It's got to be smart. That's the two ways. And the way I'm seeing it, what you can do, let's say you do get rid of an Abreu, you get some young guys who maybe won't help you out this season but could in future seasons. Well, yeah, that's the plan of being better in the long term. What you would do is Frazier would become your first baseman. Maybe Lori would move over. It would be Lori would play third or second. The only thing, the only thing is, 
you would have Tyler Salandino as either your second baseman or your third baseman. And maybe because I'm not a huge Sox guy, to me, from the outside, that doesn't scream. I don't have confidence in Salandino well, as if an you, everyday player. If you're starting player. Saladino every day, you need to compensate his bat because, let's let's be honest, he's not going to drive in as many runs mm-hmm. as a guy in, you know, Anderson even. Yeah. But Saladino's a nice player, and he's got value in multiple positions on, def- on the defensive side. He's probably one of their best defenders. But overall, in this White Sox conversation, it, th- look— Right now, their future, I was kind of looking at this. Like, they had, they brought up Fulmer, mm-hmm. and he looks really good. They better not move him. He's going to be good. I, I saw, I got to see him firsthand when he pitched the year before he was drafted. Well, it was actually, he got drafted while he was still yeah, pitching. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, when he was Vandy? pitching against my fighting Illini Fucking destroyed us. Yeah. And destroyed he's us. He's wicked. And that was a year where I'm like, oh, we could go far. Nope, Vandy. Yeah. No, that's right. U of I had that crazy run. I do mm-hmm. remember that. But uh, yeah, Fulmer, they called him up. He looks very impressive. He's MLB ready for sure. And the, uh, Justin Morneau's healthy. He's got a wicked fast. His changeup is even dirtier. Oh. But Justin Morneau, he's healthy now. And you know what? The White Sox should just put him in the lineup more. Because he has value from the left side. I don't care. He could. He, he's the better. DH. He he could be your he, DH. Well, that, that, that's the thing. You're restricted in your DH between Marno slash Abreu. Well, Look, if you get rid of Abreu, Marno well, can be your DH. That's what I'm saying. Avi Garcia, you, Justin Marno can provide more value from the left-handed side against mm-hmm. lefties than what you're getting from Avi right now. So look, I bring that up because it's are the Sox. Out of the socks, going for it, and that's the that's the everlasting question. I still think we'll have it to where it's like, oh, you know what? I they're think they're gonna yeah. get a Carlos Beltran, oh, and no. that's what they do because they're the White Sox. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna necessarily get like a guy like Carlos Beltran or a Cargo or Jay Bruce right now. Mm-hmm. I think they do make a move though that will kind of make White Sox fans happy, but at the same time, they're just gonna be like, Ugh, where's the direction? So overall, look, we're going to touch back on this topic probably next week or the week after once the trade deadline subsides and all the moves get made because it's going to be happening, people. Like, get ready for it. This is, like I said, this free agent offseason, the free agent lists, it's going to be kind of tough. So teams are going to try and make moves now to not only better themselves this year, but for next year and the years coming. Ricky, any final thoughts on the White Sox before we move on to a similarly owned and constructed organization? No, my final thoughts on the White Sox is they got to make a move. Abreu's probably the guy I would target to move. However, don't be surprised if they do trade sale. And Carson Fulmer, oh, what a beast he's going to be in the MLB. Of course, my frame of reference, because I'm not a White Sox farm system guy, is all the way from college, but he did pitch and shut out my fighting Illini back in college. Well, personally, I think... A player that might be moved would be, well, several players. Avi Garcia, David Robertson, Zach You're Duke. really looking at Avi to get traded. That's the one you want. Well, like you were as a White Sox before. fan, yeah, you, you, you got to move say, him. You were saying that before the podcast. Well, he's just, ugh, gosh, <laughs> I don't know how you guys can take it out there. But, hey, overall, White Sox, where are they going? Who knows? And let's move on because i got to ask you this question. The Chicago Bulls. Ah. Oh, so excited. Where are they going to go? So, like, after the Summer League, I am, like, on That's right. You know what? The Bulls are back because you know why? They beat Tom Thibodeau's Timberwolves in the Summer League, and they won their championship. How do you feel about that, Mr. Ricky Woodburn? Okay. 
I'm gonna before I give any thoughts on the summer league. I I I, I want I want to give just my overall thoughts on the summer league in case you don't know. Blech. Who cares about the summer league? And my thoughts are that number one, the games don't like. I fucking hate the summer league only because it's like who the fuck cares? However, they are important for the development of young players. That's why players need to play at them. Not gonna say who, but for the Bulls, the greatest things I saw, I saw progression out of Bobby Portis. I saw a the big thing for me was everyone was questioning with Denzel. Oh, his knees, his knees. We shouldn't draft him because of his knees. Oh, we drafted him. How's his knees? Yeah, he just played seven games. When you have the 76ers who are like, oh, we're gonna rest our biggest stuff. Enough for the Ben random, Simmons stuff, Ricky. We're please. gonna for a random injury. No more. Then why did the Bulls just play their guy uh, who has blah, knee injury? Blah, blah. This could open up all the Gar Pax jokes in the world, but I'm going to go ahead and say that it's because he can play through it because they're not afraid of some random freak injury that okay. could happen to anyone. But with the Bulls, you saw Denzel play great. We saw Jeremy Grant kind of, he had a flash. Jeremy? In Jerian? Jerian Grant. Jeremy. I, I'm You're getting, good. I'm my grants, going. You're fine. I'm getting my grants mixed up. But no, him, Portis, and Valentine. I'm excited for this future, and the way I see this Bulls team moving forward is this is the team you are going to see in the future. Be excited for this future team, not the team for next year. You know why you got to be excited about this team? Because they're not going to make a trade. They're not going to trade any oh, of these no, guys because that's not how Valentine. this organization runs. They're not going to get rid no, of Portis. No, of course not. But listen, okay, I'm going to bounce back off of uh, whatever you were saying about this stupid-ass summer league, which I agree, it's, it's pretty <laughs> pointless. But at the same time, look— you it's got good for some guys. Young players playing against other young players or guys who spent two years in the league, whatever mm-hmm. have you, uh, as well as some D-League stars. So <laughs> take that as you will. It's summer mm-hmm. league. I am I am happy with the way the – but they should perform the way that they did because all these players are expected to influence your team mm-hmm. when the legit season starts. So I want to see progression out of Cristiano Felicio, which I am very excited about. Uh, also, Bobby Portis better be a beast because he should be one of the top players in the summer league. Also, Denzel Valentine, of course. He's, he hit – Hits those big shots and big games. Oh, that's it's great. That spinning look, shot. Oh, what a it's shot! It's a lot of fun. It's great. But over the overarching theme is: look, are they going to be relevant come June or what is it May when the playoffs begin? I don't know. May we probably. May. Look, we'll probably this, be the eighth or the seventh. Look, I would peg them as the sixth seed right now because they're too talented not to be that good. And mm-hmm. I know the East is improved. And I know that what the Chicago Bulls are looking to do is that look the stop gaps with Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade will fill seats. He'll bring some positive publicity to Chicago Bulls, even though the dumbass GM and the dumbass president or whatever the hell Paxson's position is. Whatever. It's just garbage. I just can't. Do it. I don't see the future. Look, if you're if you're holding and grasping onto the idea that Dwayne Wade is going to bring in a top free agent like Chris Paul, I am sorry. I think it could happen. It could happen, but that's not how you make this Chicago Bulls team better. You look at what they have internally and their young stars or up up and coming young players. I'm very excited about all the all the pieces that we mentioned before, but I don't know. I really don't know about the Chicago Bulls, man. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. Yes, even a six seed. I'm going to say that. But overall, look, do you guys like being mediocre? I think for the Bulls that this summer league showed this is the young talent we have in place, and there is something to be excited about for the future. And not just excited about for the future, excited for the future under Fred Hoiberg. And I know that 
brought after, in players that don't well, play no, for no, him no, or no, his no. style. After one season, everyone's sense. just ragging on Hoiberg only because he's not Tom Thibodeau. What did you expect? He well, wasn't going to be Tom look, Thibodeau. It's one fucking year. Let's see him get a second year. If the same shit happens, then we can start ragging on him. It was one year he had to deal with a Jimmy Butler. Yeah, we know. We know. He, he Derek Rose, Jimmy Butler, clashing wanted, personalities. Well, he wanted Rose. You had the bad. Uh, bu, 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 bu. No, don't. Uh, bu, 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 me wanted, on my own show. How dare you? You're the guest Rose here, Ricky Widmer. Out of town. How dare and you? That's what Hoiberg had look, to deal with. Look, it, it, we all understand the conversation. Jimmy Butler and Derek Rose were trying to be the yeah. big guys. Uh, Joakim Noah, who was the leader in the locker room, got cast mm-hmm. aside and pretty much was a, was a no-show. Look, but all Fred you Hoiberg, have to know is this is Jimmy's team. You got to see the youth that we have. Portis is probably going to play a bigger role. We can now, like, the big thing I saw with Portis is, oh, shit, is this what we have? So we can fucking trade Taj this season and not have to worry about him as a part of this future because we can move forward with we got Rolo and Portis down low instead of Rolo and Gibson because there are going to be teams looking for the Taj Maha in the paint. Fred Hoiberg has a specific system that he would like to run. And his GM, his big boy buddy, didn't put him in a position where he could implement his system and succeed with that system. He got older and less athletic. He drafted Denzel Valentin, who I like the pick, but he's not athletic. I love Denzel, though. Sure. And they picked a winner. They picked a guy who wants to win. That's a solid pick. Who they could be a leader in that locker room. But look, you know, you're you're talking about Hoiberg. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want him fired after this season, too. But until he gets the right players to freaking play no, for yeah. him, the way, then you have a legitimate okay. gripe. Here, Bulls fans, I'm speaking to you now. Here's how you see this season. One, you got to see the young talent in Summer League. That's the future. The Portis, the Valentine, the Grant. The Wade, the Rondo, don't worry about Rondo. He's only going to be here one year. Look at how that contract is structured. He ain't going to be here past this year. D. Wade, he's here to fill seats. Jimmy Butler, He's the king of the castle. Let's see how you work, big boy. Because now you wanted the big boy pants. You got the big boy pants. So it's really Butler, the young talent moving forward. Wade's there to fill seats. Rondo, we just need a fucking point guard. They're not going and anywhere. And he's not going to be. Oh, I'm not going to say we're winning the championship. That's but the, th- that's I the look thing, at, though. I look at this young talent, and I can, I can say with confidence that I'm not as... I'm not as nervous for the well, future. Look, do they have any superstars among the young talent that they have? No. Are they building any? Like, do they give you any like realistic idea that they're going to be uh, among the and best that's the thing in the with, East? And that's the thing with the Bulls. We are in basketball purgatory. It's just like the White Sox. Well, it's e- it's either you tank for a Ben Simmons. Or you, you don't have champion. to tank. Well, no, 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 no. Because you no. get that superstar by being one, two, three. Or you can make smart free agent signings if you can if you can nail it down. Or you free can make agent, smart uh, trades. You've, Mike, you've seen it for the I past understand. few years. And that's the thing. Free it agents the don't want to come here. The only way D Wade came here is because Pat Riley well, played him like a puppet. Sure. And then he used Denver for leverage to get more money. Yeah, he wasn't us. going anywhere. He wasn't going to Milwaukee. He wasn't going to Denver. He wasn't going back to the Heat unless they paid him what he wanted. Yeah, he chose the Chicago Bulls because of his hometown story, but he's about six years late on that, and that's obvious. Well, No, no, no. He says that because here's another thing I want to notice, and I, I heard it mentioned on our local radio here in Chicago, and I had to, I had to add his Snapchat to see if it's true. And in most of his Snapchats, except for the one since I guess he's been in 
um, Shanghai promoting his whatever he's doing sh- shoe show or, or shoe store or something. When he's like, when he's got a Snapchat of him in the gym, him working out, there's a lot of bull stuff. Like, and it feels forced. Like, hey, look, I'm wearing a bull shirt. Hey, look, I got the bull's head He's going to be formally introduced snap. next week, well, I guess. So that'll be cool. It's one of these things where Wade was brought in to sell tickets. Rondo was brought in because we need it. Were you going to be excited with Grant as your starter or Dinwiddie as your starter? Grant's a backup yeah. right now yeah. that could develop into right. the starter. We needed a starter. The way that contract is... Put together, he ain't gonna be here past this. Season. Talking about Rondo, yeah. yeah. Look, I'm not gonna be here past I, this. I season. understand what the Bulls and are we doing. We weren't gonna win anything this year with how tough the big boys are at the top of the East and the super team. Out so West. then, why don't you make the move to get better for the long term? I don't like get what, it. What's that move? You, what move are you talking look, about? Look, we're going back to the deadline mm-hmm. of last year. Oh, they sure traded. Move pa. Gasol. Sure That's traded. One. Pa. That's one. I agree. Also, That's figure totally it out one. in your free agent signings. Mm-hmm. Make smarter decisions. Make well, a trade. What Listen, fr- wait, it wait, starts wait, 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 wait. What with free the front office. I don't have it on the top. At? I'm not going to go into specifics because like there's like so many. Like look, a Chandler Parsons? There's so many moving parts in the NBA, mm-hmm. and especially with the cap and how expensive these free agents are. Mm-hmm. Look, you didn't have to invest in a guy like Rondo if you understood where you were in, in the organization, mm-hmm. where you are for the future, if you understood that you can move a Jimmy Butler to get a superstar in Chris Dunn. So, so number one, you're saying trade Pa. I agree with. Well, we that was the thing. Back, we should. We no, should. That was the pa. beginning of the process. Yeah, we should. And you can move pa. forward. Look, you can move. You saw that they moved Rose. Mm-hmm. That was a good move. Weren't you excited mm-hmm. about the future? Because you got younger and oh, you I got rid it. of a. You got rid of a freaking. Even though we got Rolo, I liked it. No, he's a decent piece for what they have to do now mm-hmm. for three seasons. Hell yeah, I'll take that. Getting rid of Noah was bittersweet, it but sucked. I didn't really like Noah it that sucked, much. But the production wasn't there from Noah, and you weren't going to spend that money. I don't see. I Look. don't get to see him shoot crappy free throws. So that's okay. And then the Dunn thing. I would have loved to trade for Dunn. I think we should have. I think we should have pulled that. Trigger. Even even you get in a but you get a Dunn and a Levine. I'm gonna, what is, how is that not exciting? I'm how gonna, is that? Not I'm going to throw this out there. The this future. is possibly to go off of your in free agency something you could have done to help your future instead of paying so much to Wade instead of taking Rondo. And I know it, it. it's all about interest of free agents wanting to come here. I would have taken that pool of money and made a much serious offer to Mike Conley. Oh, Having him as uh, the point guard instead of Rajon Rondo? Yeah, well, you're investing 150-something mil in Conley. You want to do that? Conley's not, not really, a bad point guard, man. Still, I mean, he's not worth that money. I'm not investing okay, my this, assets into him. This year? Because then you're going to lose out on guys in the future. This, this year... The contracts, the way you saw the contracts, yeah, it's, it's, it's all get worse. funny money. It's all funny money, and it's just getting worse next year when the TV money comes in. This is just money that's on the top. Guys are getting overpaid, and I, I use the term funny money from Doug Collins, who said it on ESPN. I loved, I loved when he said it, and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to use it ever since. It's all funny money. Coming well, out of this league. You talked about a specific name in free agency, mm-hmm. uh, and I, look— because really, the, we, we really under, the big guys you were looking at were Conley for point right, guards. Right, right, right. Chandler right. Parsons. I, I don't think we were Nick ever going to look at Al Horford, all these other guys. Hassan look, Whiteside, yeah, but we had the bigs. Look, it, it, the position that Gar Foreman put the mm-hmm. Bulls in restricted them from making a move to put them in a better position for the future. Now, you're talking about Rondo as a stopgap for one season. Why not sign a guy like Brandon Jennings? 
How much money did he make? Three and a half mil? And he got dirt cheap contracts. Like, what the hell is this? He signed with the Knicks, right? Somewhere. I, believe he signed I know with he, the Knicks. he signed for cheap. And if mm-hmm. that's the route you're going, that's the type of move you make so you can invest in free agency in 2017, make smart moves. And look, it doesn't hurt that you're not going to be good. Look, do you want to be good enough to make the playoffs in a low draft spot? Or do you want to be, you know, bad, but not tank bad for mm-hmm. a chance at the lottery. You still get a top five. And isn't our draft class next season really loaded? It is really top loaded. Top 15 even? And so the, what are they doing, Bulls? What are you doing? The thing that the Bulls and Bulls We're going to have this conversation soon, by the way. What Bulls fans really need to hope for in this upcoming season has nothing to do with their own team. Has nothing to do with their own team. It has everything to do with the Sacramento Kings. And the reason why I say that is our pick is probably going to be, if we don't make the playoffs, we'll be 14 again. If we make the playoffs, I'm going to come out with a way too early mock draft. You guys are getting a little... So outside the top 10. Yeah. We're going to be 16th, I have us, in my way too early mock draft. I'm giving you guys... I'm giving you guys some inside scoop to this because I'm going to release it soon. The big thing that we got to hope for is that the Kings do well enough to be outside that top 10. Cause if and then we get their pick? If they're between 11 and 30, we get their pick. If it's 1 through 10, they keep yeah. it, and then Philly gets the yeah, chance the to swap it. weird in that sense. But look, that's the thing, too. Either, you, can make, you can make moves to get draft either picks. Way, either way, we're getting so you get it. better in the NBA. Either way, we're getting an extra draft pick. It's just we're either getting 11 through 30 or we're getting the Kings second Look, round. Okay, so to end this conversation, Ricky, I know we got heated there. So you know, anytime we, I love it, I love anytime it. Anytime we talk about the Bulls, it gets hot. But but Look, the, can yeah. I say one thing? Go ahead. I, pulled, I mean, that's the thing you've been doing no, all podcasts. I no pulled, problem. I man. pulled this up because you said mm-hmm. they're loaded draft class. We're yeah. going to have guys like uh, Harry Giles, who's going to be a great power forward. You've got Markel Flutz, who's going to be a great point guard. He could be the number one pick in my opinion out of the Huskies. Tatum, Josh Jackson, Thomas Bryant, guys like Jared Allen. I'm I'm talking guys deep. There's Yvonne Rabb who should have come out this year. De'Aaron Fox. This draft is going if you're if you're a lottery pick, you've got a great pick coming up. That's yeah. the way I put this. And that's draft. kind of how I was hoping the Bulls took their current route in getting better. To Instead s- of to suck for a top ten pick? You don't have to necessarily well, yeah, you're gonna be bad if you don't sign Rondo and Wade, but I think you get better in the long term, if you didn't mm-hmm. make those moves and you had an opportunity to get draft picks, you had an opportunity to sign free agents instead of investing money or how, how many years, two years for Wade and all that money. Mm-hmm. Look, Taj is going to be gone after the season, maybe even by the deadline. Who knows? Overall, though, you know, what are you, you going to do? Do you want to be good enough to not be terrible or do you want to just move forward so invest in the future and actually become a legitimate threat in the East? Right now, they're not that. They're just there for fun, and I don't like it. So anyway, we're moving on. Final topic of Behind the Pen. Final topic, and it's always, you know what, man? We're a week away, under a week away from training camp. About 50, 50 days away from the season. Oh, man. The best time of year is football season. (laughs) It's always football season. But, right, oh, man, I'm so excited. Uh, I bring up the Bears, though, because, Ricky, you... Actually introduced me to something mm-hmm. that Matt Forte said, and I want to hear what Matt Forte said. So if you could... I'm pulling them up. Oh, you have it? I- I'm trying to pull okay, them well, up right now yeah, as we speak. You know what? When you pull it up, just interrupt me as you always do. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Uh, look, I'm really excited about the Bears. 
But we're going to talk about some outside stuff that's going on. Charles Tillman retired, and good for him. I don't know if you saw the YouTube video that he posted introducing the fact that he's going to so retire. Great. It's pretty funny. So great. Maybe it lasted a little longer than I would have uh, mm-hmm. liked. But, and it doesn't beat the Jared Allen retirement where he just rode into the sunset oh, on a horse. That was too. epic. No, but yeah, Charles Tillman's retired, and... He's going to sign a one-day contract today, actually, and retire as a Bear. So that's really awesome. It, whether or not he's a Hall of Famer, that's up for debate. I I think he's a Hall of very, very good, but I don't know if he's you a Hall of Famer. Tell, he's signing a one-day contract? He is. To, I did to not retire hear about as a Bear. That. Yes, that's what's happening. Because technically, if he didn't do that, he'd retire a Panther, right? Yeah, because that was I the mean, last team he played for. There's nothing bad about that, but I really, would. it's well, a bear. Well, spent his entire bear. career with the Bears. He's a so, bear. Yeah. And I do have the quote from Matt Forte. Please read it to all of us. Here's This is quoting from LarryBrownSports.com. They said, and I, this is Forte, and I quote, At first you're like, why wouldn't they want a guy who's done everything right, has been been productive since the beginning? But then you look at it, the business side of it, and you realize you're just a jersey number to them. And it's like I started to separate from that feeling of where I'm mad about it or angry and start to kind of cope with the feeling that eventually I'd be somewhere else, end quote. And that's something where Matt Forte kind of knew the end was coming, that he would be in a different uniform, not the Chicago Bears. You know, I really respect Matt Forte, and I've respected every single thing he's done for the Chicago Bears organization. Outside the organization is charity efforts as well as his performance on the field, especially on the field. This guy was a powerhouse. And I respect him even more for coming out and say this, because, look, he's honest. He's being mm-hmm. honest. It, it is a business, and it's unfortunate. And that's all more Matt Forte's ever been, is honest. And you know what? He's always right on the money. You know, last season when they were asking him, oh, where were you for this and that, mm-hmm. he, he spelled it out for you. And he was always he was always honest with you. And that's, that's the uh, word of the day is honest for mm-hmm. Forte. But look. That's how it is. And he was just being genuine there. And look, people might be turned off about this comment. Overall, man, he's just telling it like it is. Well, I can, it's weird because I can see both sides from Forte and the Bears because Matt Forte's sitting there going, What else do you want me to fucking do for you? I've basically put myself on the line for this team and bled for this team for X amount of years. And. He's really been the bright spot to this Bear team. The, I mean, last year was kind of eh, at under a thousand yards, but I mean, except for two seasons, twenty eleven and twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, twenty nine, I should <laughs> 20, say, twenty nine. Um, that was the second season he got hurt that year. He had nine hundred and twenty nine and nine and nine hundred and ninety seven. Ninety seven. That ninety seven year, the two thousand eleven was when he only played twelve games. Okay. But only three times was he under a thousand rushing yards. However, from the Bears' side, I could see it to where ah, you're you're getting towards that magical number of thirty. And for a running back, right. do we really want to pay out when yeah. we'd probably they'd probably give him like a three four year contract? Then he's thirty four by the end of it. But is he going to be productive that entire contract? Because thirty is the age where unless you're Adrian Peterson, things start to deteriorate in your body. Right, sure. And I mean, know, even look at LeBron in the NBA, how much his body has changed there's, since he's It's a different older. sport there, Ricky, damn it. But, but <laughs> the bodies are the same. Well, yeah, everybody's all, body deteriorates. We're all in meat we're sacks old. that kind of break down well, until yeah. we die. Well, that's, that's obvious. But like what I'm saying with, with Forte, 
this whole situation with him not coming back to the Chicago Bears, it mm-hmm. was a foregone conclusion, like we said. It was almost a Everybody sure thing. knew it was going to happen. And well, because look at what the Bears did. And even though position of running back, it's replaceable. There's tons of value there in the running back position. And they had Jeremy Langford right behind him. You have Brent Langford ready. You can use Carey in different sets. Look they, at that. They We're drafted talk, Howard. Talking about two Michigan State guys on the podcast today and Denzel and Langford. <sighs> wow. Cool, Ricky. <laughs> Thanks for throwing there, that in there's there. There's your fun fact of the day. Anyway, what was I saying? Running backs. <laughs> Bears have that. And I don't know how productive you're going to... Because these guys are still mm-hmm. young, especially Howard hasn't taken an NFL stab yet. I think he's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. His skill set really fits what the Bears want to do, especially if they use three running backs. It's Look, do you want to invest, like you said, all that money into an aging running back? No. It's just not going to happen, and no matter how valuable you are, unless you're Adrian Peterson. So, well, And he's the only... I was thinking about that today because I was looking at it, and I'm like, Wow. AP's 31, and I've never you, you never thought that kind of like, oh, AP's kind of getting over that that 30 age mark might deteriorate because he's AP. I mean, he's the guy that came back from an ACL injury and had the best season ever for a running back in his lifetime. However, Matt Forte's not AP. Yeah, and I'm uh I'm looking forward to the Bears season. And that's that's just flat out. I'm so excited for the NFL. But Can I ask you a question about the Bears? I guess. Mark Weber of the onside kick likes to throw out, and he kind of says it jokingly, but I don't think he's that much joking about it. He says, and I quote, NFL teams usually like to make the Super Bowl in year two of Under John, John Fox, Fox tenure. Could the Bears be seriously thinking <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl this year? Yeah, of course. That's the goal. Even with Jay Cutler as a quarterback? Absolutely. That's why and he's going to stay. I know you're a Jay Cutler fan. Yeah, I'm not so going to get into this, there. but I'm just going to tell you that you can suck one. Hey, Ricky. Could get Kirk Cousins after this season. Possibly. I, I like Kirk <laughs> Cousins a lot, but I also like Jay Cutler. So I think they're they're not in the worst position at quarterback at all. I think they have well, a, could have Joey Harrison. I think they have a very talented guy running the helm who's very capable of winning Super Bowl, and I'm excited to see them do it next year. Super you, Bowl, Super Bears, baby. Shout out Mark Webber. Hey, you could have uh, Geno Smith as your quarterback. All right, overall, we're going to end this uh, Bears conversation and this podcast because we are rattling off. I'm sorry to keep you here all all day, I guess. But, hey, <laughs> I hope we entertained you a little bit at least. Um, but, yeah, final thoughts on the Bears. Charles Tillman, it's going to be awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really happy for him. I, it's, it's great that he's retiring a bear. Look, when he first came up with the Bears, I didn't really like him. I thought he was just poo. He was the guy where my entire— But he's a legend now Well, it's, in Bears history. It's my entire childhood, I want to say, because— I, You grew I, up watching Tillman punching footballs out of them. Well, <laughs> it wasn't because I was kind of—it was weird. Earlier as a kid, I didn't really have a fandom until like seven because it's like you kind of like follow whatever your friends do. And then in 97, have your own opinion, Ricky. Like, I used to be a White Sox fan when I was like a wee little one because all my friends were White Sox fans. And my dad took me to a Cub game and I went, fuck that shit. I like this shit better. Figure it out, Ricky. Um, And with the Bears, it was so he came in in 03. I was a little bit older by then, almost, almost in high school, junior high, high school. And it's like that was when I was revving up the I've already liked football for a couple of years, starting to get that just more interest in it. And we'd be out there playing pickup football. And what's everyone doing on defense? The peanut punch? Trying to punch the ball out yeah. of that pocket. I would have I would have Dave playing against me where he 
He would try to do the peanut punch, but it would just end up being a kidney Ooh, punch. Ouch. So he would just hit you right in the kidney. Yeah. No, overall, Charles Tillman is going to go down in history as one of the best cornerbacks the Bears have ever had. One of the oh, top five Bear cornerbacks, I'd For say. For sure. Uh, and also... Argue me about that in the comments section. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> we love you, fans, but you're wrong if you, if you contradict what he just said. Also, Matt Forte, those comments, whatever. Whatever. Hey, Ricky, knock, knock. Who's there? Oswald. Oswald Packer. Wait a minute. Time out. Knock, knock. Who's there? Water. Water. What are you waiting for? End the show already. My name is Mike Rankin. <laughs> Make sure to become a patron but so who, we can entertain you but, more. But who was Oswald? Oswald my gum, but I'm not chewing gum. So. Oh, okay. Well, hey, Twitter is in the description. <laughs> I'm Rankin906. He's at Ricky Widmer. Also, like Don't I said. Don't forget that Patreon. Hey, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. We will entertain you even more so mm-hmm. than we did today if you become a Patreon. Your July podcast with Sean and Brandon. Oh, oh thank you very much. Menufique. Yeah, it was pretty good, I think. I think we had a good good time doing and it. And the sample's now up on the YouTube. So you very can cool. Check, check it out. out. And if you like it, you should donate. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, any other shout outs? Shout out to my mom. Skull Vikings. God bless it. <laughs> how, God, how did I let that happen that's, on this show? That's my shout out. All right, let's end this show, huh? My name is Mike Graham for Ricky Widmer. What's up, what's up? This is Behind the Pen. Bye-bye, bye-bye. And we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.